because now I'm trying to push more. Let's let's build the cheapest greenhouses we can because we need to counter what they're spraying on us. Sure. That when we identify a problem, we come in with the solution. And in the last couple of years, I'm taking notes and our peppers and tomatoes and some things are being affected for sure by the shit they're spraying. So let's go ahead and do the things we need to do to counter that, which is greenhouses, whether they're above ground or in ground and cheap LED lights if you need to augment your lighting. This is the Farm Hop Life Podcast, a traveling homestead family. I'm Matt DeRosier. On the Farm Hop Life Podcast, we learn what it takes to grow your own food from everyday people. Could be a college student, grows tomatoes and salad greens on their apartment patio, a former VP of marketing for Del Taco now raising cattle in Montana, or someone who hasn't had a homestead in over 10 years. This show is aimed at teaching you what it takes to make homesteading work for you, that we all make mistakes, we all have bad days, but we can reach out and help one another thrive in giving you the confidence needed to go feed yourself. All right. So I got a couple of questions right off the bat. First, farmer till I die or get disappeared. That's that's what you go by on on Twitter. It's really funny. But what does that what does that mean exactly? Like, okay, the farmer till I die. That makes sense. Till I get disappeared. Where's that where's that coming from? So Back in 2009, I had my door kicked in and my laptop with 15 Bitcoins on it stolen. All I was doing was growing food in my house and in my yard and helping out homeless people. And the city wasn't having it. So what? I started my first Twitter account then, right, right when Twitter started and started dropping truth bombs. Well... It didn't take long. By 2014, they they banned me. So I knew Facebook was already a no go, and there wasn't much other you know places to go. So I dug in and and just started farming and doing what I could to help other people and start other farms. Just this last November, this is actually right around the one year anniversary of when I got back on Twitter or X, and I've literally dropped. 42 plus thousand tweets, including memes since then, because I've been preparing. Okay. This is a war. And if we're going to fight, we need to use weapons of the mind as well as weapons of the physical flesh. And memes are weapons, words are weapons. Swords and words are the same letters, they are the same thing. Nice. Did you? I so, back to, so I wasn't just going to throw my name. I mean, I dox myself. I have our company listed right there in my profile. I'm not hiding. Okay. And if they want to come kill me because I'm telling you how to free yourself, bring it. Okay. Send bachelors. <laughs> I think I, I think I can read between the lines on that one. <laughs> so the city took your laptop. And like, was there any process or charges filed or anything like that? They're just like, you're not giving this back or did you appeal or? So the SWAT team members that raided my house had no warrant, had no badge, had no name tags. And the only reason I knew who they were 
was because I had hidden cameras throughout the house and recorded the whole thing. <laughs> Is there this a beer online? There are very corrupt cities in Illinois. Is this uh, is this real? What's that? Sorry, no, no they were no. just on a bit of a delay. Is this anywhere uh, online somewhere? Two thousand and ten time time frame uh, when literally you could mine bitcoins on a laptop. Yeah, so yeah. I had three laptops set up: one in my workshop, one in my living room, and one upstairs in my bedroom. And they kicked in my basement door downstairs where my living room and everything was and only took the laptop. And the only thing that I ever messed with on the laptop was Bitcoin and social media stuff. So <clears throat> that's when I first was like, wait a minute, is, uh, are there people being paid by the city to follow me on social media and mess with me? And that spun me in a whole rabbit hole journey of looking into how Facebook got created. It was originally a military program called Lifelong. Uh, Zuckerberg is not even Zuckerberg's name. He has a different last name and a different first name. He was appointed by the same group that appointed Bill Gates and the rest of these phonies. Because Again, Bill Gates is not a doctor. He never created anything. He's not even good with computers. They're hand-selected to run these things. I know I can go on with this stuff because I've been down all the rap. <laughs> I crawled the fuck back out. And instead of jumping back into the game, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going to play the game anymore. I served 10 years in the military on the front lines in two fucking wars. I've been shot multiple times. I've been blown up. I have false teeth. I don't even wear my bottom teeth. Okay. And I, I earned my freedom. I earned my children's freedom. I earned my parents' freedom. That's what it's supposed to be about. But when I came home in 2009 and got out of the Marines, <clears throat> I quickly learned that that was bullshit, that lawyers were speaking a different language, that was what was going on in court was not what I thought it was. And in my transition out of the Marine Corps, I hired a Disney artist to teach me how to paint. I figured I was a sniper for a couple years and I have a pretty steady hand. I could probably learn this if I wanted to. So over the course of about three months, I paid this guy close to 25,000 bucks because I got the paint job through my motorcycle shop and he showed me step-by-step step what he was doing. And the guy literally gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to paint a gas tank for a motorcycle. That'll never be written. Most of them go from the manufacturer or custom builder. That's what I did was custom build them for a little bit. Yeah. To their garage in a trailer, back into a trailer to a show, and then back into their garage. And it, it took me about two years to get good enough to where I could make a living painting. So I airbrushed flames and skulls and all the latest, craziest things that people wanted. Um, and I moved from the Virginia area where I got out of the Marines back home to the Illinois, Missouri area. Cause I have family on both sides in Missouri and Illinois. And I started in Illinois. Started farming 
when I decided I no longer wanted to paint anymore. I got tired of dealing with people that had a whole lot of money and weren't doing good things with it. They were more sure. about showing off than actually helping people. So <clears throat> when that all flipped, I then was like, okay, I live in a city. I don't have land. What can I do? And I looked up everything I could do. I went to other people's places. I went to other cities that were doing urban homesteading and urban farming. And I took notes. And then I came back and applied what I could in my own space. I started doing aquaponics. Um, we're talking over 10 plus years ago. And I was one of the first ones that was doing aquaponics. And I was for sure the first one that took all three ways of doing aquaponics and combining them together into one one mini ecosystem. Um, so inside this warehouse that I built and restored it into a house, it had a 10,000 square foot basement, a 10,000 square foot uh, street level. When I got it was literally two rooms. All of it was just open. And then upstairs was offices. And at one point they were building heating and cooling equipment inside there. And before then it was an actual like handmade furniture factory the building was built in the 1800s. Very, it was awesome. It was to me, to me, it was a it was a solid brick castle in the middle of the ghetto, and I loved it. Uh, and so I did as much aquaponics as I could inside, which meant I flooded my kitchen a bunch of times. I flooded the basement a couple times. Uh, killed a lot of fish in the beginning because I didn't understand why stuff was flooding and what was going on. And I eventually moved it all down into the basement and then to a lean-to section on the outside. And it, it, took, it took me probably six months to where I didn't have to mess with it. It all ran automatically. I had a little fish feeder that ran on a timer that was solar-powered, a uh, solar-powered heater. It literally all I had to do was start seedlings and then transplant them. And from my basement was able to produce 2,000-plus heads of lettuce every two weeks and then give them away and the city lost their minds um that then led me to go try to give this food to the local food pantries mostly the church places and some nonprofits. they refused to take it because it wasn't usda approved it had to be packaged it had to be washed with fluorinated water all these rules that were against everything I was trying to do. I'm trying to bring you chemical-free food, and you're rejecting it. So I banded together with some of the locals and started going to kangaroo court when they started messing with me. Um, as soon as I started feeding the homeless and helping them, I painted a sign and hung it on the, out, on the outside of my fence that said, uh, take what you want, but only what you need. And that was pretty much a, a go sign for the homeless people that always went through the alley. I had nothing but time. So I knew and was a Marine. So I pay attention. I knew what routes the homeless people were taking to get to the food pantries and the different places that were serving meals throughout the day, because that's how they spend their day is moving between the places that they can get their meals. Well, my alley just happened to be one of those hot spots. So I grew tomatoes and beans and other things that I knew they could pick and eat raw and wood over the fence. 
so they could get it. They didn't have to come in the yard because the city was first pissed because they were coming in my yard. It's not a commercial space. And that was a whole, a whole nother fight with them too. I own this, I own the biggest house in the city because you guys messed, you guys are trying to mess with your own taxes. Like if they would have left it a commercial building, they would have got a lot more tax money, but because they wanted to say it was a house, well, then I didn't have to get their permits to rent the upstairs out. I didn't have to do a whole bunch of stuff. I just read their rules and they got pissed when I showed up and was like, well, your rule says this and I did this. So why are you trying to give me a ticket? And you're, the pictures you're sending me of these so-called weeds are tomatoes. You can see the actual tomatoes hanging right there in your own picture. I have a horticulture degree. It took me two years to get it because that's what I did. Five hours a day worth of horticulture classes. The rest were the fluff classes I needed to get the degree. Thank you, GI Bill. I paid for that shit. So going into their little kangaroo court with a degree and what they're trying to say was real easy to shut them down because here I am with the receipt, the expert saying, where's your expert telling me, me that this is a noxious weed? They couldn't. And I just kept questioning it until everybody else in their little kangaroo court's like, well, I'm not paying that fine either. And they started losing money. And as soon as they started losing money, they stopped sending me their little tickets and they left me alone. I ended up basically rounding, not rounding up, putting out a call to my buddies that were homeless people because I let them stay at my place all the time. I did not care. Hey, if you guys want this place, go grab enough of y'all to where you can make payments and you guys can have it. City wouldn't let it happen. So I ended up selling in the long run. I ended up selling it and taking the money, buying a camper, buying an F-250 diesel truck. <clears throat> At the time, had a girlfriend and said, hey, uh, let's go build some farms for a while until we find the place that we want to live. And by that time, we'll have saved enough money, uh, have definitely minimized everything, and it worked. It worked. And just a couple of years later, we got married her two kids and my two kids and now our one kid makes five so it's a big happy family nice and being in a camp with kids and dogs and cats it brings you together <laughs> you said you you did the camper thing for two years is that what you said yeah um we started on a pop-up camper uh and made it Made it through a Missouri winter with like two plus feet of snow. Oh, uh, smokes. Those things aren't big uh, to start with and they suck on insulation. Yeah. So we had everything, like all our belongings packed on one side and slept on the other. Like all six of you? Holy smokes. Well, we had a ledge for the other kids on the other side. And it was mostly... uh it was mostly just because we didn't have the baby at the time. So it was, uh, it was just the two boys. The two girls slept on the other side and the big ass dog slept on us because he just on top of the covers and everything. I, it was no issue staying warm. We bought, uh, we bought that metallic 
reflective insulation mm-hmm. and how the pop is there's like a, a, a zipper to unzip everything for in the summertime. Well, I insulated it, opened the zippers and cut pieces that fit all inside there and zipped it back up and insulated it on the inside and the out. Uh, tarped it because we didn't have to move. Uh, nope, we lost him. Oh, there he is. There you go. Now you're back. Each other every now and then. Uh, and they told me I could put my camper anywhere I wanted. So it was a 360 something plus acre property. And I went to the other side of it than anybody else to the closest place they had a plug in. And because it was a festival ground, they had electricity ran throughout the whole place. Oh, wow. Um, nice. But it was beautiful. Like we'd wake up and there'd be 14, 15 deer standing in the field in between us and a huge festival stage. Man, that's wild. And we did that. Uh, we did the pop-up camper for a year. And some tips. If you're going to plan on living in a camper, learn to cook outside as much as you can. With just a couple cinder blocks, you can make a quick thermal mash rocket stove and be able to boil water in less than five, ten minutes. It's all on how fast you can actually get that fire going. Sure. Um, and... It's not hard to cook outside if you prepare meals in bulk with um, stainless steel or um, dang, the iron that everybody knows about. Cast iron? Not rod iron. Cast iron. That's it. Cast iron. Cast iron Dutch ovens, cast iron skillets. Yeah. Make bulk and then uh, it makes it way easier. Makes it way easier. So then next year I went a, uh, a 25 foot pull behind camper and it actually had bunk beds in one side, a bathroom, uh, a master bedroom, a kitchen area that upped the game. And my kids went from, Oh, life sucks in this camper to, Oh, this is pretty nice to now they've got much better upgrades. Right. So then when did you buy the place that you're at now? So where we're at now is headquarters. And this is the first property. Um, not that we've built farms that work with Unify Farms. But this is our our home base. Because at this point, I'm not going to tell you how many properties I have, but I have a couple. Okay. And we're building communities on them and making shit happen. Um, but this is headquarters. And I think we moved here in 2017. Because we've been here seven or eight years now. Nice. And I already had a plan as far as when we picked this property, I immediately got satellite images, figured out where we were going to put another pond because it had a pond, what infrastructure it had, and from day one, started permaculturing it. Sure. Um, and it's been many years, so it's producing a lot. 
I also built it with the intention of it being an educational farm. So instead of doing things one way, in our outside garden, there's six or seven different beds that are different versions, depending on where you're coming into this, can see an example of. Oh, it's high thing with when we build communities, we're going to have cob homes, uh, hempcrete homes, dome homes, tiny homes. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Love it. Getting outside the, we're getting to that point. I don't know if you see the stuff behind me, but we're getting to that point where if we don't have parallel economies and parallel communities built up, all, everybody clinging to the old system is going to have a, a, a real hard next couple of years. So if there's a template that I can make that I can hand to you guys or whoever is already homesteading, looking to homestead or looking to build a community and you have a template that says, okay, I can make this starting from point A all the way down to point Z with these steps then I think we have a better chance at less people being depopulated. That'd be great. That's a great tool. Just to like wind back just like 60 seconds uh, for everyone listening, he's, his, his backdrop is two flags. The one on the bottom is a just classic Gadsden flag. And then one above it is a different American flag. Now, I was going to ask you about that. I think I know what that means, but why don't you explain? So it's still red and white stripes, but there's blue stars with a white square instead of white stars with a blue square. Can you explain? Explain that flag. So this is this time flag. That's what I thought. It's okay. It's also the Nationals flag. Nationals were kind of erased or hidden from everybody when the 14th Amendment came into play in the 1870s. See, the trick that the propagandists in the schools tell us is that the 13th Amendment freed all slaves, yet the 14th Amendment turned around and enslaved everyone by making us lower-class citizens. Citizen is a slave. It is a voluntary servitude to the federal corporation, which is a foreign entity owned by foreigners. It's literally the District of Columbia's little area is its own city-state. It's its own country, and it's not supposed to be that way. Our capitals and where the Liberty Bell is, that's where all those important documents were signed. D.C. really was a swamp. It, Washington surveyed it, and it was called Foggy Bottom. He donated that land, and they ended up moving the capital when um when the civil war was all over with the flag below that is the gadson flag and that's the original marine corps flag as well that uh, one old, okay. uh, owned his own pirate ship or his own merchant protective ship called a battleship back in the day and the go our government hired them when they needed them to fight pirates, whether it was the Barbary pirates or the pirates in Tripoli, which is disgusting because thanks to Hillary Clinton, there are slaves again in Libya, in Tripoli. And we already, Marines already went there and cleaned all that shit up once. But because people don't know history, we keep rhyming. It doesn't repeat. We just get close to the same damn thing. Mm. And this flag was flown in the first ships 
during those wars and during those fights. And the Marines liked it so much that when they got off the ships, brought it with them and, and flew it in their barracks and used it as the first Marine Corps flag. Nice. Did not know that. The Civil Peace flag was only flown for three years in this country. The only three we've ever not been in war. The other flag, the flag that everybody loves so much, is the wartime flag. It is the corporation's flag. Because remember, Washington's flag only had 13 stars. Because that's yeah. how it was originally. And every time they've messed with it, they've literally tweaked the story and messed with it a little more to where they left out the whole part that the only way you can get a national flag is through the Vatican. The Vatican has this big-ass book that when you apply to become a country, you have to apply through them. And if they approve it, they write it in their book and they issue you your flag. It's all maritime stuff. It all comes from them. Did not know that. I like yachts. I know a lot about maritime law, about ships. So what three years uh, did we have the peacetime flag? That was, that was one of my options. One of my options before I decided to go on this adventure was to buy a catamaran and sail the world for the rest of my life. I was going to die at sea. My wife talked me out of it. <laughs> so you moved as far inland as possible. In the mountains. In, in the center I live, I'm surrounded by granite mountains. <laughs> nope. No, no ocean in sight. What nope. three years Wait. did we run that peacetime flag? Uh, I believe it was the three right before the Civil War, but okay. it's actually, it's kind of speculative. You can find it in bits. Wikipedia has a piece, a piece on it. Um, but there's also another one that's similar to this that has almost like the presidential crest on it that apparently was ran for a while too. Weird. But this was pre-Civil War. That's We basically lost the Republic during the Civil War. When the Civil War was over, we brought in the court system as we know it now, which is technically everything in there is a fraud and a bank. They're speaking legalese, black words, black's word, black law dictionary. Have you ever seen a black's law dictionary? I don't know what that is. It's a dictionary that they get in law school. And it has the same words that we use. They just have different definitions in that book. Weird. So when you the lawyer's talking to the judge, you think you understand what he's saying. And you don't because they're actually speaking a different language called legalese. And we can zoom this all the way back to, it even says on the fucking book, sorry for cursing. It even says on the book. We're well bad. Blacks. Blacks law. It's black magic. It's just simple word tricks. Weird. Everything, everything they're doing against us goes back to pharma and pharmakia, which is black magic. There's been this big thing all over Twitter and the interwebs here lately about Rome and how many people think about Rome. Ten years ago, I dug down that rabbit hole. Uh, my grandma that just passed away within the last few weeks is the bloodline that brings me back to the Spartans. And we take that shit seriously. I have a Bible. It's 1,500 years old. Handwritten. 
because they passed it on. Okay. Holy smokes. You don't. Spartans were little dudes. A big, a big guy back then, a big Roman soldier, was like four foot five. Visit uh, any of the ruins in in, in anywhere by Rome or uh, Pompeii. Pompeii is, has still the door frames, and you see how little the door frames are because they were little. We're the giants now. It is so weird. That is so well. Back, back on that, Rome didn't fall. Okay, Rome and Egypt worked out some kind of deal where the Roman dynasty married the Egyptian dynasty. And when they merged, they literally fell back and hid in the Vatican for many years. The Vatican is a huge complex. Sure. It's a city in Rome. It has a, a lake or a, a moat-like thing around it, all that, okay? And it has miles worth of caverns underneath of it. They hid and let the Dark Ages happen, okay? But when they came back out, they came back out as the Holy Roman Empire. And they've been running the show ever since. If you correlate hmm. the Medici buildings in Rome, this in particular, the brickwork, it's the exact same brickwork of all our capitals, of all the Federal Reserve banks. And it's like, why would that all be the same there's got to be a connection. And the connection was because the same family that created the idea of money has been running the shit ever since. We're here as they have things like the Bible and all these holy books. They just reset things when it's in their favor and we go right back to sleep. Like all this stuff, like I've, I've dipped my toe in the conspiracy water and uh, I've, I've had my red pill moment, but like, I definitely needed like a booster red pill. That was for sure. So like, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for upping me on, uh, get, getting my daily dose. Like I said, I dove head first. I had hours upon hours for 10 plus years to do whatever I wanted. And what I wanted to do was get to the bottom of religions, aliens, and conspiracy theories. And some of that intermixed. Because I was interested in some of that stuff when I was in the Marines. So when I was in France, I went and seen all the fancy stuff. And I, I, I took in the art. And I think a majority of what is hidden is in plain sight. And it's been said many times that if you learn to read the symbols, a veil will drop for you. And it's true. Because all these higher-ups, especially the ones in the Masonic groups, they signal and right there on camera. If you don't have the eyes to see their signal, then you just think they're giving each other a handshake, but really they're doing other things. So the Da Vinci Code is real, more or less. Which parts? <laughs> Good answer. You So in the beginning, you talked about your... Um... In the, there was the word. In the beginning, you talked about your your vertical or your uh, your aquaponics that you like took the three different types. So the three different types would be like ebb and flow, uh, like 
crack key, I'm assuming, and then um crap. Now, uh ebb and flow, nutrient film technique, and deep water culture. Okay. So like you brought them all together. Do you have uh this listed anywhere or like is it on your is it on your website that people can learn about that? Well, I had six years worth of content just magically get ripped off of YouTube in the last two years. So all those videos of that stuff, I'm just going to remake them and build the stuff bigger and better and let everybody watch. I've so this guy... Ponic system now uh, and can take pictures and, and do videos of them. But I'm also going to do uh, a more commercial size system again and then an apartment size. So both scales are covered in between the ones I already have going. Because I have... I have one out front that the pond is uh, close to 65,000 gallons and feeds 10 beds right now. But I also pull probably 2,000 gallons a week out of it to feed the the other plants during the short time. And it's fed from the roof of one of the buildings. So um, it's a lot of water. Every now and then it, it takes care of itself too. And that's where our mint for our mint tea if you subscribe to us, we have a couple different things. One of them's mint tea. That mint is grown year round, right in front. Uh, what else grows around there? Cilantro grows around there. Five or six different kinds of flowers, and it's one of my favorite spots to grow cherry tomatoes because my wife loves cherry tomatoes, and when she walks that area, she can just pick as many as she wants as she goes along. Very nice. So, so how so you you put in your you put in a second pond. So like that sixty five thousand gallon pond that was one of them, and you have another one that you added to this property. Yeah, I have another one that's indoor. You have an indoor pond. No, just a fish tank. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I thought you had like you know, done excavator work. And I was like, going to ask if you did like pond liner and bentonite clay or whatever it's called. And on my Twitter account, if you scroll around a little bit, you'll find this goofy pink looking building that I think it's a 16 foot wide by 38 foot long indoor spa, sauna, aquaponics, food producing building. I mean, I don't even know what they call it. Uh, most of it was built from scraps and except for the fancy expensive liners for the actual grow beds and the liner that we used for the fish pond that's inside there. And it's pink, it's greenhouse plastic on the outside. And I want to say, well, I'm, and just out of memory, it's one, two, three, four deep water, four deep water culture beds. Three ebb and flow beds and an NFT bed in one system. And it had 2,000 to 3,000 tilapia fish in there. And uh, after me spending another three months with this lady, uh, was able to grow 300 pounds worth of sweet basil on a every three-month cycle. And she paid for the thing and months of running it. And then I bought my own damn property. 
is this and all, all yeah. those pictures my Twitter stuff. It's the pink greenhouse. It's literally an aquaponics greenhouse. And because of the lights and the thermal mass heater, um, she would hang out there in the wintertime. All the walls and ceiling would fog up and it would rain because it was in the 80s in there. Is this and... is this you? Yeah. Yep, that's it. That's the one I'm talking about. That's another project there. That's my little greenhouse. Okay, so then this is like a wallopini yep. thing. Yep. But this is it. This is so it's like almost all uh, um, greenhouse plastic. Yep. And then this is like a geodome type greenhouse thing. Yep. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, the only one that's not here in Missouri. Is the in-ground one. Okay. One's up north. Because now I'm trying to push more. Let's let's build the cheapest greenhouses we can. Because we need to counter what they're spraying on us. Sure. That when we identify a problem, we come in with the solution. And in the last couple of years, I'm taking notes. And our peppers and tomatoes and some things are being affected for sure by the shit they're spraying. So... Let's go ahead and do the things we need to do to counter that, which is greenhouses, whether they're above ground or in ground, and cheap LED lights if you need to augment your lighting. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Well, I, there's a guy near me that uh, specializes in microgreens, and he just finished his... Um, I don't know if he calls it a wallapini or if he calls it a wufati like after like Paul Wheaton's designs or whatever but I mean same thing like so he you know dug it yeah dug it into the earth and then lined uh one of this all of it with like straw bales and stuff so he kind of did multiple building techniques yeah I've been showing people how to how to line them with cob which is just sand and clay and you can use Portland cement if you want. If you don't, you don't have to. And shred it up straw. And once it's hard, it is like brick and becomes waterproof. Do you have a lot of clay where you're at? It's three feet of red clay and then about three feet of gray clay. And then you'll hit bedrock. Is that, is red and gray good clay? I'm, I don't know. I have no clay here. I believe is more mineralized clay. And it's, there's not as much gray clay in the woods. We have six acres here and we have about an acre and a half of it cleared. The rest is still woods, um, that the beginnings of a permaculture forest, um, and out in, out in the woods, it's gray way faster than it is just the straight red clay. Gotcha. And there was a nice size garden here when we moved here that had nice black soil and I could tell after observing what where stuff was coming up that she had planted a lot of flowers that were the first things that came up in spring. So I could tell, oh, there used to be a shed here because there's a little box of flowers right here that comes up every year. And she left us with an eight foot by eight foot asparagus bed that was, I don't know, 20 plus years old because it's over 15 by 15 now. And grows Jeez. with tallest spear. No way. 
plus all the other flowers. And this place already had persimmon trees, um, a whole lot of wild blackberry. And I've just been rearranging and adding and doing what I think we're supposed to be doing, taking care of the land, taking care of the creation, helping it all work together. Man, I don't even know what I'd do with eight foot long asparagus. I'd probably sell it to sell it to farmers uh, once, for like a corn stock. Big, you know, once it gets that big, it's too tough. I, uh, yeah, I bet it's like year, wood. Yeah, every other year I'll cut it down to the ground and then mulch over it really heavily. Um, but like this year is a growth year, so I let it grow, let it go to seed, let you know, let it go to flower, let it go to seed. And then I'll push it all in the direction that I want my new asparagus to go because the asparagus will grow themselves up under the ground. But if you put the seeds where you want it to spread also, you'll help it. You mean the heads, like the head, the heads that's on it, just put that in the ground. Nah, uh, you can either chop them at the ground level and just lay it down as a mulch. Got it. Okay. Where you want the seeds to spread. Or just literally push it over. You don't have to cut it. It will just fall. You know, it's so big that it will just fall over in the direction you're pushing it and leave it there. By springtime, it will have disintegrated back down. And in my case, yeah, probably next month, I'll get the goats in the garden and they'll clean up all the stuff that the chickens haven't yet. What kind of goats do you have? Uh, Nubi Nubians and pygmy dwarfs. All dwarfs. I got babies, so. And until my four-year-old gets bigger, we won't have anything that's too big. When we want big animals, we go to Grandpa's horse farm. There you go. Um, and we're surrounded by cows, like, on all sides of us except our front yard, and then even across the street is nothing but cows. What do they... Beef, baby. Do they... Do the goats just provide milk, or... What do they do? Milk and meat. Milk and meat. Milk and meat. Yep. Gotcha. And you like the the smaller uh, bite sized goats? They're, those are those have been good for you. Uh, they're still around thirty pounds. It, it's still a good. I mean, it, two feeds a family of five, and I eat almost all meat, so I eat damn near one of them to myself. Nice. We've been looking at getting some goats for our property for like uh, a couple different things. Uh, weed control, because the weeds here are just nuts, and I don't, I don't, I'm not interested in owning a lawnmower. I'll own biological lawnmowers. That's fine. Um, and then milk. Not I only cut the grass one time this year. There you go. Literally, I went and made the paths and the open areas that I wanted, and then staked the goats down in the areas I wanted them to eat throughout the summer and just kept moving them around. Okay, so do you use steaks? We need a barn just fencing. Yeah. No, I just use steaks. Okay. My dogs well, will make sure nothing. I I saw this I, I visited this lady this this summer, took a took a hike with some goats and she was like, check out this thing. It's an orange screw. It's used for like tent poles or whatever. Not like one of the crappy dog ones. That like, yeah. but like, it's like a thick orange. It's, I think it's just called orange screw. 
and like you screw it down and there's like a like ring on the top or whatever that you can clip clip something into. Yeah. yeah, same same thing. Okay. Nice. It's, okay. And if you train them when they're they're little, because we have uh, basically like an open grazing area for them that is fenced in, but they never make it to any of the other areas because they're always busy eating stuff in the one and or we're moving them around somewhere else so that stuff grows back. So when they're in there, you can train them just with one hoof. I don't like putting things around their necks just in case you're not out there and they get tangled up with something. I don't want them to choke themselves, but it's kind of like how you train an elephant. Okay. They're little, put something around their, their foot. And we did this with racehorses and horses too. You put something little around their foot and it's hard for them to move or they can't move it. And it trains their mind to think anytime there's something around their foot, they, they stay in a small area. And okay. he had a coyote run hard and uh, all the goat did was go in circles because <laughs> it was, it was pulled out of the ground. What I, I, we took the a family vacation. The multiple ahead. electric fences. Okay, because that's pretty, I was trying to get away from any sort of fencing because pretty expensive. That is the expensive route. You can do the single wire poly. It's like a thin tube of plastic with one single wire in it. And for goats and pigs, as long as you put it to where it's going to zap them somewhere from like the chest down. They'll only get zapped one or two times and they'll leave it alone and you can turn off the fence. Won't they just like, I mean, they're good jumpers. Can't they just like jump over That's the fence? That's what I'm saying. As long as they try to jump it, they get zapped that one time, they'll leave it alone. Hmm. You must have good, um, well-behaved goats. The guy who I think is Kirby Elite. It's Cowboy is what he's known as on there. He does uh, homesteading spaces. He's doing silvo pasture, which is basically running pigs through the woods, and he's using one or two just single wires on stakes. And once their foot or leg hits it, they leave it alone. Okay. That you you talked about having something tied around the goat, and we had taken like a goat, like the goat's foot, and we had taken a family vacation to Greece one year and I noticed that they only have like these rock walls like it's pretty arid actually I was surprised they have these rock walls that are only like a foot tall I'm like hmm that's weird but there's like animals out here like how don't they just like jump over well they can't because taking a closer look their their front legs and their back legs are more or less bound together with like limited range of motion just like with rope so like they can still walk around and graze, but I'm assuming that because they can't like, you know, stretch, stretch out their legs to, that would be needed to leap. They don't. Yeah. They've probably that. got them out in a way they can't do the crouch producing the launch. Yeah. But I've seen when I was in, I mean, a lot of the cows in Spain, they, they don't have any fences in their ranches. It's just cactus. They grew cactus at, at the edges and they make delicious fruits. But you're not walking through them because they have spines like this. Oh, gosh. Wow. Man, that would be nice to just have like a hedge like that. 
you know, that was multi-purpose. Well, I'm working on Rob. So we were, we were hiding in them because you could go deep enough in there to where if you were a couple hundred yards away, looking at the cactus patch, it just looked like a cactus patch with us hiding in the middle. You couldn't even see us in there. So we'd just hang out, eat the fruit. Yeah. That's really funny. What's, what would you say has been the biggest challenge in farming you faced? Be a little more specific because farming's easy. Okay. What's the biggest challenge in being a successful farmer? Planning. You're planning to start then you need to plan way ahead and as a marine i was taught to plan backwards so have the goal and then plan backwards to meet that goal and the devil's in the details the more details you get in there the more things can't surprise you in the end um most of your problems if you're trying to i can't say that um because if you're trying to start a farm you're most likely going to get outside of city limits and you'll only have to deal with a county and counties are for the most part reasonable sure so would you i mean it sounds like you've you've had to go head to head with the city quite a bit is that still the case i've taken them all on the city the county the state the federal government i'm not scared of none of them and I'll help anybody that asks how to fight whatever fight it is you're fighting. And I'll stick to, we're going to keep this as peaceful as possible. Is there any active uh, legal legal battles going on right now? For me? Yeah. No. They can't get me in court. Mm. So we're on here talking. And it's a great time. Um, I own several businesses. You probably have turned this into a business. And we're experts in different fields. When a city official comes and wants to waste your time, especially if you're on the clock for your own business, it's up to you, especially as the CEO, to determine what your time is worth. And if, let's say, I know that their city lawyer gets $750 an hour, well, he's not going to be able to perform very long for them if they run out of money. And because I'm in charge of me and bow to nothing but God, it's going to cost them a whole lot of money to even talk to me. You can send me a letter. We can, we can start the contracting anytime they want. But again, I recognize that everything they do is a contract. Everything they do is trying to get you to slip up to then pay them or acknowledge that their system is even real because most of it's fiction. It's, it's word tricks again. So, for instance, here where I live, my county, they are on record. They know. They've been given notice that in order to talk to me, it costs $50,000 an hour. And I don't want Federal Reserve notes because they depreciate. So they have to pay me in either gold or silver and payments up front. 
they they don't they can't come up with the cash so they don't fuck with me and this applies to everything with you create what's called a schedule of fees and you list it you want to talk about this it costs this much you want to deal with this it costs this much because if i'm not killing anybody if i'm not maiming anybody if i'm not defrauding anybody if i'm following the constitution all their other bullshit only applies to employees I'm not a citizen. I'm a national. I already opted out of this system years ago. Taxes are voluntary. Yes, it takes a little bit of work to learn this stuff and f search your deeds for your property so that you can find the patents. But this stuff is doable, literally. The only reason we exist on the map is because Google has us there. The postal everything is different because my properties are the republic. They're not the corporation. And soon the entire state of Missouri will be the republic again. Can you explain what that what that means? I have a lot of questions. Fire. Okay, so so you you find the deed to your property. Is that difficult? And then you make it you patent it or something? No. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's okay. Um, this stuff takes years to track down if you don't know what you're doing. And when I got into this, YouTube had just started and people weren't making videos about this stuff. Now there are hundreds of videos on all these kind of topics for the most part that I'm talking about. And... It's, it's under a couple different things, whether it's uh, national or national sovereign. Um, but I'm going to throw out the disclaimer right away. I'm not a sovereign citizen. Okay. That term alone is a trap. Yes. It, it can't happen. You can't be a sovereign. You can't be a king. You can't be in control of everything and be a citizen slave at the same time. Do you understand? Yes. So calling yourself a sovereign citizen right off the bat, you're an idiot because you didn't understand those two words. I did think that that whole thing, like, uh, I'm just, if you could declare, uh, yourself a sovereign citizen, it's just, it's just baits. So as far as the property goes, everything is commercial. A patent is a commercial piece of paper. A bond is a commercial piece of paper. In the beginning, when the United States was handing out 40 acres and a mule, or you go slap your stake down and claim your property, a patent was made, okay? And that claim is the original patent. It's that patent that by holding it, you don't owe them taxes because you actually own the land. You're not a tenant. Every other deed that you see when you start going through your city clerk's office, because they have huge books okay huge books of the deeds of all the properties you're listed whoever lived there is listed as a tenant you're even listed as a tenant on your mortgage um and you can i i don't know what it's called in your area we have title searching companies and uh another company starts with an a or something and that's what they do is they research titles and they survey land you can pay one of them to go through all of the deeds until you find who controls the patent. 
And then you either claim the patent or you work through their process so that you then claim the patent. And once you have the patent, you can take it to the county uh, assessor's office and show them and say, hey, you need to take me off the books. Here's the paperwork that proves it. And they have to. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing as when um, taxes. Nobody wants to be a slave no more. Okay. I have friends that work for the federal government that do not pay, have any taxes taken out of their checks 100% legally. And it's not because they claim zero. It's because they're not citizens and only citizens have to pay taxes. And it's a simple, it's one affidavit in your birth certificate. You mail them to the secretary of state in DC and a copy to the secretary of state in your state. With that affidavit, that affidavit is nothing but a statement of truth. And it says per the US code that you have the right and the choice to be a national. You didn't even know there was a chance because you were born a national. When your parents filled out the paperwork at the hospital, they turned you into a citizen. They gave you over to the state. It sucks, but they didn't know any better. And by you recognizing that and acknowledging that and putting it on record, they can't dispute it because it's all true. They stamp it. Now you have the actual evidence that the IRS requires that says you're not a citizen. You don't owe them taxes. They take you out of their book. You've done all this? You've done this yourselves? Taught many, 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 many people how. Damn. Because I just wrote a check for my county property taxes, and it's No, that's not a check. That's a... Fair enough. It's an instrument. It's an instrument. If you look at the line you signed, if you look at the line you signed, that's actually tiny words. It's microprint. Is it your signature that makes that valuable? Nothing else. Because I want to know how to do this now. I, and also, uh, I'm tired of paying. Uh, I'm well, tired if you have a good, half a paycheck. If you have a good sense of humor, there's a, a guy's YouTube program. Uh, he's running videos on YouTube, but he has an actual program on onestupidfuck.com. And he is satirically going through all of this stuff and showing you how he makes it funny because when it comes down to we were tricked and if you can laugh at it while you're fighting it it makes it a little easier all right so did you pay somebody to find your deed or did you do all the work yourself on my website unifymedia.com that i just started our first show was on october 31st on halloween I've got a page in there. You click on the documents and go to the law spot. I've compiled all this stuff and links to the videos because I don't want you to buy anything, okay? I've spent years rooting out the scammers and the fraudsters and calling them out for the pieces of shit that they are, okay? This is free information. It just takes the time to figure it out and the balls to test it. That's it, okay? And I've found people that have been through the gauntlet that have set themselves on fire and went in there and got smoked and came back out alive with stories to tell. And it's free. That information is out there. But because it's not taught to us in schools, when we hear it, it automatically triggers the patriotic propaganda that zonks us. And it's it almost seems so fictitious that you can't you can't believe it. But again, we got all these people enraged that there are dudes dressing up like chicks and dancing in the streets, but it's okay that there's a dude wearing a dress with a fake dick in his hand, a gavel, 
that just got rid of his wig trying to tell you he runs your life. I'm trying to look up right here. I think I got it. This is the page you're talking about. So I had to go to documents and then under law, there's a link. And so this is what you're talking about. Yep. National affidavit. But if you, click on, the, if you click on the pictures, those take you uh, to the videos for different things. And then I also threw in the PDF for the common law handbook. When I get time, I think one of them actually take, yeah, the one with the flags is that affidavit I was talking about to get out of your taxes. Okay. Yep. Yep. I see that. Wow. Taxes. This is your tax project description. Dude, this is an awesome resource. Thanks. Well, I just, just started building it. I literally have hundreds of PDFs and other works that I'm going to be uploading on here as I get time that go in depth on everything. Because again, we can take the Republic back locally and once the federal government has no more money, they starve. Our state constitutions trump their bullshit. And that's how we're going to get the J6ers out, is our attorney general recognizes that he works for us or he gets fired and has challenged D.C. saying, look, you, you denied our Missouri citizens due process and have been holding them as political prisoners. Let them out. Or you may be hearing from the Missouri National Guard. And if you're paying attention, you know that several states have already voted and it passed to secede. So the United States, as you know, it is already over. Hmm. Which I, I guess uh, I, don't, I don't really follow this stuff. So like what states have voted to secede? And, and... Uh, I'm pretty sure a chunk of like Oregon is turning into greater Idaho. A chunk of California, Northern California is trying to secede. Uh, Washington state's got a chunk and Texas is trying to secede from everybody. Right, right. Huh. Man, that would be nuts. You got a time, you got a time scale on this thing? Like the next two years are going to be wild, but like, you know. So simply put, they've, they've ramped up the 2030 agenda, their depopulation agenda to 2025 because it's going so well for them in so many places. If they have their, their choice will not be a 2024 election. Um, and they're going to attempt to starve us and turn off the power and, and internet. I mean, that's what they discussed in their WEF meetings all throughout last year. And that's what they do. A part of what they do is they signal what they're going to do. Hey, we're about to do this. Hey, we're about to do that. And because we're so distracted, we agree to it, and then that happens to us. So I'm kind of like a uh, low-tech farmer that uses high-tech because I can. Sure. If the lights go out, oh, well. If the power goes out, oh, well. Nice. Man, this is... I'm like... I, I, I got... I don't know. I, now I'm like distracted, but we got to get back to... to we got to get back to homesteading, actually. <laughs> Grow well, what you can while you can. Okay, so what's the best part about farming? The best part of our farming is farming. It's all well, I agree. Well, I get to spend time outside with my kids. I know what I'm meeting. 
I get to learn and watch the process happen. Uh, I get to help when things aren't going right. So, uh, like I just released about 30,000 ladybugs in one of my greenhouses. They'll do all the pellet eating I need throughout the winter for me as long as I keep it warm enough for them. That experience for my four-year-old daughter is absolutely magical. For she goes in the greenhouse and all the ladybugs crawl on her and she gets to play with them. It's magic. And I created a space like that in our herb garden this year with uh, perennial flowers and a mix of annual flowers that it, it just took off. So there was literally a line in the sky for miles of butterflies and hummingbirds that you could see in all directions. And we just got to sit and enjoy and record it. Damn, that sounds amazing. I'm a chair at all this stuff. I can't, dude. I don't know. Like, I gotta maybe I gotta retrain my Twitter algorithm. So, like, I, I, I like. Right. I don't know. Well, I, I cleaned up three thousand something people out of my feed today because if you're not trying to help, I don't really care what you have to say. <laughs> That's a good benchmark. Help or get out. Well, we have a lot. We have a lot going on. There are millions of people that that took the vaccine and have no clue what's going to happen. We we just don't have any clue other than the bad stuff that's been happening. We're talking the military, your teachers, your police officers, your hospital people. They could all just seize out one day, and what are we going to do? Well, I haven't used their medicine for fifteen years. I make my own medicine. I figured out what herbs do what. I talked to the old ladies. I bought the books and I applied it. And after I applied it and got confident within it, I can now teach you and show you. You don't need to buy antibiotics. You can grow them. You don't need these things. You can use them with no side effect. Multi-front. I love it. So... What would you tell people that want to get started then? Other than plan ahead? Yes. Network. Network and don't do it by yourself. It's, it's again, it's, it's going to be way harder times than y'all can fathom right now. I spent eight years in war. If it comes here, y'all live in cardboard houses. You know what I'm saying? You, you, your walls are drywall. Bullets, even them little bitty ass AR-15, 22 bullets go right through it. You go to Iraq, their houses are reinforced concrete on purpose because they've been at war most of their existence. Here in America, that hasn't happened. It's never, there's never had to be house-to-house fighting. So if you're going to get in a community, or I'm sorry, if you're planning on homesteading, look to other people that are trying to build a community and homestead together. It's way safer and will cost you less. Your needs will be met quicker. You have other people with other experiences to work the things out. And you won't be the only one standing fire watch if shit hits the fan. I've been thinking about starting a neighborhood telegram chat. Because, like, you know, there's, like, next door. But we never, like, we're in, like, this weird pocket. And not enough people ever sign up. And so, like, I always get emails, like, you got 24 days to sign up your like get enough people and it like always the time always runs out before 
there's enough people that can join. So I'm thinking about just starting like a telegram chat just for my neighbors. And, um, cause like I live on a hill, so it would just be like everybody on the hill and maybe like the two people that live at the bottom of the hill or whatever. Like, so like we could at least keep in contact more regularly. Like, Hey, does anyone need anything? How's it going? Cause like, I know there's several people that have gardens and, but like, there, there was a guy that was like a hunting guide and there's a, another guy that's like a fishing guide. And, you know, I just want to know more about who's around me. Like what's their skill set? And like, you know, anything about crypto. Yeah. I dabble. Um, there's one out there called helium HNT. It runs on lo-fi radio signal. Oh, yeah. And they're cheap. The little mining units are, and each one of them has a low RAN in it. It can easily be disassembled and connect to a cell phone or a Raspberry Pi-like device. And for free, in a bad power-down situation, if you can get a USB battery to that Raspberry Pi, you can send messages up to 20 miles with no, uh, you know, like no cell phone service or any of that. You are your own service. And you guys all basically put in the same channel in the lo-fi and you can talk to each other. And that sounds awesome. Be a grin down situation. Except I live with a bunch of like, you know, my, my neighborhood is, uh, is old, like geriatrics. I, I wasn't even sure if the telegram app would even, uh, be a thing if they would even go for the telegram app so like uh i i doubt that the whole crypto um i i like the idea it sounds awesome i'm curious to try it well i'm sure if you can find a place like radio shack type thing online and buy yeah. those little Lo- laura i think it's called laura units it, it'd be something fun to look into because you could probably buy all the pieces and do the soldering and stuff yourself, and then just hand them out to your neighbors that you like. <laughs> I guess I could do that. I could just build a bunch of them and then distribute. Yeah, like walkie-talk. Sure. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look into that some more. But I I'm gonna have to ask you for like a, a bunch of bunch of resources to put in the show notes. So like, hey, all those things that you mentioned, like. I need, I need a little bit, uh, would you like to know more, uh, like, so. Well, and almost, almost everything I've said, like, if you're looking for a resource like that for the helium, I've put a post about it on Twitter in the instructions on how to take a minor or just a lower unit and turn it into a text messaging device. Helium. Uh, Okay. Okay, L O R A W A N. Got it. I see. Got it. Nice, dude. Well, uh, what uh, what would you like to wrap up on? Well, I started a seeds club, and it's it's basically a combination of getting more people growing food, having 
people on the other end of buying the seeds that will help you pick the stuff that will grow best in your area and meet the needs you're looking for and getting my wife off her slave job. She works at Menards and that's, that's go Menards. That's kind of the last leg we're trying to kick out from underneath of. And everything I'm doing is free. I just asked it if you can help sponsor us by joining the seeds club or the tea club or the sticker club on the website page. Um, I'm making goofy stickers because they're fun. We grow the tea. It's mint, lavender, or black. Uh, I'm making different mixes. Uh, somebody asked me about making some detox teas, so I'm going to mix it up for y'all. I grow all this stuff myself and have it readily available, so I'm going to share. And then um, same thing with the seeds club. If you guys join now, you'll have enough seeds to start your own little mini farm by springtime. I was trying to find all that find media.com or unifyfarms.com and I'm hot. I'm blowing Twitter up, dropping bombs left and right. I was trying to find a shirt that you just made. Man, you post so much. I'm scrolling forever. There was the shirt that you just made that looked really funny. The heart. Or no, ever done. no, it was no, it was the boat from the tree lines. With uh, it's it's a it's a screenshot on the shirt. It's a screenshot from the Patriot, and it's uh, vote from the tree lines is what it says on the shirt. Damn, dude, I cannot find it now. I don't know if that one's me. I've got I've got one that's got George Washington on it that says. We'd have been stacking bodies by now. Uh, oh, not, it's, I have 40,000. Like, I, I treat my memes like weapons, and I've been storing them, and every couple of weeks I have to move them to new folders as I get new ones. It could be a full-time job for somebody someday. Just dropping I, memes. I guess. Man, I thought that was you. I swear that was you. But, oh, now I know who it is. It's, uh, it's some other guy that I'm talking to. Never mind. I do. I do like the. Uh, I do like the Goody shirt. I like your Unify Media shirt. I like your. Um, why am I? Why am I not sharing? Obviously, I shouldn't be sharing this. Right here, Unify Media sticker, Unis. Ooh, Don Quixote. That's funny, and uh, this Pablo. Picasso bouquet like that's I like these these are funny yeah just the other day I had the idea that I needed to make make some educational posters so that's that's what those they some of them are memes that I've been using uh, some of them are some that you've never seen before but they're full-size posters to be used in community schools for these new communities or if you just want to hang them up as references for herbs or mineralization and things like that there's a, a pretty good joke one i i found that meme last year about the guns and was like hmm and i've turned it into a real yard sign <laughs> there you go i i think uh do you remember after after the maui fires there was like the uh, the news article or something. Someone made a still. It was like only those who disobeyed survived. Yeah, it's true. 
that should be either a shirt or um or a or like a yard sign that would be that would be awesome but yeah dude um cool thank you very much for your time tonight it's been just like a mind-blowing episode like we were all over the board and that is uh okay that is exactly what i needed to hear uh it was i'm here to help uh, but you're not from the government i've been through all of it uh most people can't handle where it leads to so i don't go down that hole with them until we've gone through a bunch of the other stuff first and i would rather just show you solutions help you work it out for yourself because I can't save you. Ultimately, only you can represent you. And if I represent me the best I can and other people want to emulate that, awesome, because that's what I'm doing. I'm just being me. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Farmer. Take it easy, buddy. Thank you, you too. I am Matt DeRosier of Farm Hop Life. Thanks for watching. Don't forget to subscribe and visit farmhoplife.com. Inside of the city, the people are crazy. Out of their minds, they ain't got a clue. We gone away, headed west for Montana. Left family and friends, all I got now is you. We both got new jobs, a house and a homestead, thinking this was the life, all that there'd be. After our firstborn, you had to stay home. That's when the work got in the way for me. Well, I started farm hop life. We'll come to your farm to help and to Truck and an RV, send us a message and 